The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power, power. All right, we're back. Hopefully, uh, hopefully that's all good. So, um, uh, Ian and the rest of the crew listening in, please let me know if I fixed it. Um, so, anyway, boys, first things first, while we're testing the water... Um, Stevie Motlop, two fifteen hundred dollar fines. What do you think? Cameron, <laughs> I, I was I thought oh no we can't hear Bevan anymore. Uh, look, <laughs> you know I, I I'm not too fussed what goes on with the tribunal there, mate, and, and what they, I I get so confused I'd have no idea. I, I don't even. I haven't even really seen that much of the incident. So, um, what he got two fifteen hundred dollar fines, did he? Yes, he did. Just, he, just um, Motlop. Yeah, what, Motlop, what did... Motlop was very angry. Apparently, he took, yeah. he took umbrage at the uh, some of the Bulldogs players' excessive ducking, and he. I think from what I read, yes. he wanted to earn it. So we've got Cam, we've got me. What about Bevo? Is he around? Yeah, mate. Yeah, all good. Okay, so just wanted to check. Ian's Ian's doing a sound test for me to make sure that all three of us are audible. Um, Beautiful. So, does it, anyone have an idea of why Motlop might might have had angry pills, or you don't you don't really care, and it's his fault, and he uh, he's just got to pay three thousand bucks. That's probably all his match payments for the game. <laughs> no, I, I have no idea, but yeah, something had uh, something had obviously set him off, and uh, I mean. No one really. Oh, I, I haven't sort of read or heard anything about it. Even on the radio today, they didn't really talk much about it. So, you know, I heard oh, he he he'll probably come under some sort of scrutiny. But yeah, look, we'll we'll take the fines and and just get on with it and and learn from the experience, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I wouldn't read too much into it. Um, it's good to see him fired up, and you know, sometimes these sort of things, as long as it's not a suspension. It's good to see that, you know, he's got some pride in the jumper, I reckon. So what about the whole Ballarat excursion in itself? I mean, to me, it seems pretty crazy that they send us to one of the coldest places on the planet in the depths of winter and then, not to mention, throw it in at a three o'clock time slot where it's going to have fading light. Uh, Both coaches came out hypercritical. Both coaches think it probably should be done at, you know, earlier in the year in April um, it seems more than logical to me, but the AFL does nothing by a logical standard, I guess. Yeah, have you been to Ballarat before? Either of you blokes been to Ballarat? Yeah, it's pretty bloody cold. <laughs> it, it is, isn't it? And and I agree. Yeah. Like, I mean, why bother doing it this time of year as well? Like, as you say, it's the depths of winter. They end up practically playing in the dark. And uh, even the coaches would say that they had a bit of trouble. Ken Hinckley was saying he could barely see it at the end and he was just trying to make of it what he could on the screen. So I don't think it's a great idea. And let's hope they've just um, they, they've ticked that box. We've tried it. We'll, you know, we'll do it earlier in the year, as, as you say. What do you reckon, Bevan? Yeah, I think it's um, either play it at Eddie Hat or play it sort of yeah, earlier in the year or earlier in the day at least. But, um, yeah, it was a bit of a debacle. <laughs> what, 6,400 people, I think, was the attendance in the end. So, yeah, um, certainly something they need to look into. And I think the AFL probably feel a bit embarrassed about, about it all, to be honest. And uh, Luke Beveridge having a crack at the AFL probably emphasises that even more. <laughs> yeah, good on him. And who's so, going to turn yeah. up? Who's going to turn up Sunday afternoon in the middle of winter? Or, you know, Sunday evening in the middle of the winter to, to go and watch too. So, yeah. 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 Oh, nearly 4,000 people down from If it was Eddie had, we probably would have got about 15,000, 20,000 there, don't you reckon, boys? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You, you would have hoped for 20,000 supporters there and it would have been under the roof. Ian listening in on the on the chat room saying, let's send the Bulldogs, uh, sell the yeah. Bulldogs game to Alberton. <laughs> That's not a bad idea either. But, hey, look, I don't mind I saw that. <laughs> I don't mind taking the game to regional areas. I mean, if you look at the most stadiums played, which I think Jack Homsch has now got the record, um, you know, the Port Adelaide Footy Club is the travelling Wilburys of the AFL. We seem to go to more stadiums than any other 
um, sporting AFL team. Uh, I don't. The only thing I don't think we've been to is Cairns, and we haven't been to uh, New Zealand. But give us time, we'll probably get there. But um, but yeah, I think just some more logical fixturing. But I guess the other thing to to come out of it, and probably the biggest talking point from the whole weekend, has been the microwave. So Port Adelaide on the bench, boys, had a microwave uh, heating up packs. It was like minus degrees at Ballarat at some stage during the game. They had hand warmers and they had uh, other body packs that they could chuck in there. It was quite the uh, topic of the uh, commentary team. BT found it very amusing until one of the commentators said, well, BT, if you were playing, would you take advantage of the microwave and the heat packs? And he said, yeah, probably. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> at least he's honest. And uh, But it made me think of the back of the good old days, if you guys remember, Steve Izard and the top 10. So I was thinking, could we think of 10 top things to use a microwave for? With number one being taking it to the footy to heat up heat packs in the middle of winter for players to keep their hands warm. Uh, so I went to I went to Facebook and I went to Big Footy to try and get some ideas from fans on what they thought might be a good topic for a microwave. Have you got have you guys maybe got any suggestions? What would actually be good use of a microwave outside of heat packs? Yeah. Hey, can, can I, love I just that, add? I love can, that one, Rico. That was a great idea. <laughs> sorry, can, can, sorry I, can I just add to this? Um, Matthew Nix was saying today they actually they literally take a microwave to every single game. It's on the bench of every single game they're at. Um, it, he said it was just uh, it just seemed to be more topical because it was such a cold day. Because particularly Paddy Ryder needs it for his um, well everything that's that tends to be wrong with him. He uses it to keep his. Uh, keep the blood flow going and everything like that when he's on the bench. Just wanted to add to that. Interesting. So where yeah. would they plug it into though, mate? Oh, I don't know. They've got all sorts of things at these grounds these days. But Generators, um, <laughs> long extension <laughs> cords. Yeah, 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 absolutely. But but anyway, so we, we want some, <laughs> so we want to get a few thoughts on what to use microwaves for. Yes. So I thought of one conventional one. What about defrosting food? Absolutely. Well, my, my, my nanny used to use it for everything. Jeez, oh, it was, you know, you'd get a half-cooked chicken and that sort of thing um, you know, when you'd sit down for dinner. So, um, yeah, that, that, I, I sort of had some bad experiences with microwaves when I was younger. <laughs> half-cooked chicken's not going to end well, Cam. <laughs> no, no, well, it wasn't great. You know, the, the, the apricot chicken, but, you know, a little bit, uh, yeah, it's a bit little chewy. bit ordinary in the middle. So, I mean, I noticed, I noticed uh, Bevo went uh, went practical and decided that uh, uh, microwaving is wheat bix in the morning, so they're nice and soggy. That's very practical. Oh, mate, it is the best the best thing you know, since sliced bread, boys. Right. Here's, here's one. Here's a use for it. Right. Yesterday morning, I went to grab my footy socks uh, before the game, and I realised that they weren't completely dry. Fortunately, oh, no. I found another pair. My backup plan was to put them in the microwave to dry them. <laughs> so no, drying I, footy socks. I probably would have gone in the oven myself. Um, no, no, Ian, no, I needed, needed a quicker job, mate. Ian's, Ian's actually going with something really practical. <laughs> Richmond supporters using them for their memberships. I guess, yeah, I'm with you, Ian, but I guess they probably yeah. are in a hurry at the moment. They're, they're probably a gold commodity with... Uh, Two million, uh, two million members at this point in time as the bandwagon just continues to grow. Um, I guess the other ones I saw on Facebook, we had, uh, we had uh, what was it? Uh, Pre-dad shrinking, shrinking yeah. potato chip packets. I think was one. Yeah, I chucked was... in. I chucked. Remember how you used to chuck the old chip packets yep. in the oven, and they That's used to shrivel up, and you used to used to have them as a little toy or something. Two-minute noodles, uh, yes. warming up lemon and its juicer when you cut it. Uh, juicier. Oh, there you go. Warming up a lemon, and it's juicier when you cut it. Um, keep right. your keep your beanies warm. Uh, some uh, some fan on Port Fan Radio said popcorn. Who would be practical like that? Um, yeah. And the last one was cooking gremlins. Cooking what? Cooking gremlins. Gremlins. Yeah. Oh, 
I think with gremlins, you, you just had to add water or something, didn't you? Yeah, but don't you remember once they turn evil, to, you got to get rid of them any way you can, and they used to cook them in the microwave. But anyway, all right, let's get on to the footy. So poor actually came away victorious. We had the the two losses. Um, I was getting a bit controversial apparently on uh, on social media and big footy because I was a bit too practical with my views. Bevo's just a He's a fanboy, so everyone loves Bevo because he won't talk anything negative. But um, you know, I, I was just being—I was just being practical, saying, "Hey, we've we've sucked for two weeks, and our, we're not kicking any scores, uh, so there is potential uh, that we might struggle here." And um, and oh, by the way, when I was talking about our best defence in the league, I was actually reading our four scores four column, not defence column. If anyone wants yeah. to pick me up on that one, but we still have the best defence yep. with twelve hundred and seventy points against, but. We romped away, clear winners, lost my $10 because I put 10 bucks on poor under 39 points, and we won 44-point victors, 78-34, to 34, which is a fantastic score against uh, restricting the Bulldogs um, with a strong breeze to advantage for both teams. Um, guys, it was a great... I thought it was a great performance by our players. Um, we played significantly superior... Um, to when we played Fremantle. Uh, we won the disposals. We actually, ironically, won the free kicks in Victoria. Amazing. Uh, the Bulldogs actually did beat us in the clearances by eight. Inside 50s, we had nine more contested possessions. We had more tackles, more hitouts, more, even though Paddy Ryder had 58% game time. And uh, in relation to stat gatherers, um, a lot of experts had Charlie Dixon best on ground with his five goals. Uh, Jared Polek with 32 disposals, running with the ball and, and had fantastic uh, delivery um, was right up there. Ollie Wines and Chad uh, were prolific ball winners as well. And uh, it's set us on a forward trajectory. What are your thoughts on this performance, Bevo? Yeah, pretty, pretty exciting as well. You forgot one major one. He's been under the pump a lot sort of hasn't been at his best this year, but he's probably played one of his best games of the year as well. That's Ebo with his, I think, 20 disposals and uh, 12 tackles or something off the top of my head. Um, well, 11 it might have been, but, yeah, that, that's 11, good enough. Yeah. Good enough. Yeah, so that's, that's great signs for us as well, you know, for Ebo to get into some good form at the right time of year. And, yeah, it's funny about Charlie, isn't it? Because remember the St Kilda game, he kicked four and he kicked three in the last quarter in pretty wet conditions. So he seems to love the wet and slippery conditions more than the dry stuff for some reason. Yeah. How many did he kick last? He kicked a few last week. Two, three. Oh, hang on. Three. Yeah. That's right. Oh, that did, was yeah. pretty or- Yeah, that was ordinary conditions as well. Um, actually, uh, another thing you, you missed, there's a stat you missed, um, Rick. So they absolutely, Bulldogs absolutely smashed us in turnovers. Uh, it was <laughs> it was 99 to 80. So they turned it over to us 99 times. Now, you often see a little bit of a gap, but that, that was quite a significant one, I thought. It yeah, was def- that's... Uh, yeah. It was definitely tough conditions, though. Yeah. Do you think... Okay, so considering how how much we won by and, and how... It, it, well, look, clearly we did play quite well and... Yeah, you know, we, we won the possessions and a lot of guys came good. You know, even Lean it in his second game and Farrell in his in his first game. Do you think in the considering the conditions, could we have won by significantly more if it was a um, say a, a drier, clearer sort of a day? I mean, I understand even even Motlop got a few bounces in in, in you know in some very sort of uh, very sort of slippery and heavy conditions. Yeah, it's an interesting question. Look, I think, yeah, probably. I, yeah, I'd suggest that we could have. We we looked like a far superior team. Uh, we only we kept the Bulldogs to one goal in the second half. Um, you know, we were right on top. You know, the wind going with the wind, we were dominant. It was probably a little bit difficult for us, however, to to manage the conditions throughout, even with the wind, because it was just that. Difficult, um, yeah. So look, it wouldn't surprise me if uh, we could have been a ten goal plus uh, victorious side. And I think we've been a little bit unlucky 
when we've come up against the teams, where we've come up against them and the conditions that we've had to encounter them. You know, I mean, to give you an example, uh, the Carlton game, for you know, we, it was the only game they've been up for half a season, really, was because it was bloody Simpsons, um, you know, Simpsons 300, St Kilda, we had poor conditions. Frio, we had disgraceful conditions, as you know, Cam. Um, you know, whereas Hawthorne yesterday, you know, it was just like pure, pristine conditions there. Um, yeah, so I think, you know, I think we've been a bit unlucky in relation to the lower teams and when we've hit them, weather and environment. But you've got to play who you play and get the results on the board. And at the end of the day, this year, I still think a 44-point win is a strong victory because defences are a lot more tighter this year than uh, in previous years. Yeah, yeah. well said. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Yep. No, that, that's that. That's sort of that's kind of what I was thinking too. Like you're right, we had come up uh, well against it as far as conditions go in this game, and considering how well we seemed to perform, it did make me think. Oh, I wonder how much better we could have gone in um, in clearer conditions. But as you say, you can only play with what you got, and so um, yeah, we we've come out okay. So it's interesting you brought up the player there. I had I had a note. Rise of the Phoenix, uh, Charlie Dixon. Um, you know he he's sort of he's sort of rising from the ground at the moment. He, he's been in a slumber this year, uh, but I think there's no coincidence that we are trying to play Charlie deeper over the last few weeks. You mentioned St Kilda before. He when he kicked those goals at the end of the game, he was coming and leading out from the goal square. Last week, um, you know we really struggled. It was an anomaly as him and Ruck and stuff. But even then. He was still coming out deeper from the goal square. And obviously this week against the Western Bulldogs, Charlie's been deeper from the goal square again. And I think that's giving him an opportunity to have more shots on goal and take those leading marks. We are now, the last three weeks, we are sort of kicking the ball to him on a lead more so than just yes. dropping it on top of his head and trying to wrestle. And I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, definitely. Also something that something I've noticed as well, Rick, um, and it's definitely the case yesterday because he spent more time up forward and deep because Charlie, Charlie was spending so much time up the ground and like, you know, more of like center half forward role. And then obviously in the ruck as well, he was so spent by the time I'm not making excuses for him, but the, the poor guy, by the time he actually went to have a shot at goal, he was so spent from all the running he'd been doing. But you know, if he's playing deep, he's not having to run as much and he's actually, you know, kicking the ball a lot better. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah, I get the feeling that the coaches have actually realised, well, hang on a minute, Charlie is pretty good when he's deep because you're right, It was that was when he was at his best last week against the Giants was when he went deeper. And you're right, he, he'd spent a lot of time you know, in the ruck and centre-half forward where he did end up, he was spent by the time you know, he got down there. And even uh, the, the other week against Fremantle, he was playing more up the ground as well. And so you're right. I, I think uh, perhaps they've started to realise, oh, hang on a minute. We've got this tremendously huge asset down there. Why don't we use it as it should be used? Yeah, well said, exactly. It's just outrageous to think you'd want to get your big six foot nine key forward and playing deep from the forward lines leading to the ball. I mean... Why the hell would you do that? Why wouldn't you want him running around all over the place, tiring himself out so he's really <laughs> struggling to have any sort of conditioning to have a, a set shot on goal? I mean, you know, what you're proposing <laughs> just doesn't seem logical, boys. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and look, it's, it's been tried and it doesn't work. So let's go back to what works and put him down there at full forward and uh, have him leading out of the square. We've all played footy and, you know, I, I know myself that by the time, you know, you go, you're, you're playing center forward and you run all over the place and you go to kick the ball and you're absolutely knackered, yeah, generally you'll shank it because <laughs> you've got nothing left in the tank. So I know exactly how he feels. <laughs> yeah. So it happened. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. right. I was going to say the other, no, player, no, no. the other player worth discussing who's been spoken about for the last few weeks uh, throughout social media land is Jared Pollock. Uh, rumours were that he, uh, he's been trying to be poached by North Melbourne. Uh, then there, there's sort of Sam McClure came out and take it for a grain of salt that he was going to sign on for four with Port. Um, Jared has come out and said he loves Port, happy to stay, waiting for his manager, yada, yada, yada. 
Um, he had a fantastic game. I do feel like he has been off this year. Porsche and I spoke about it last Thursday. Con- in comparison to his high standards he set before him, and his, his skills haven't been as good as what they have years gone by. But uh, on Sunday, it was one of his optimal performances on the weekend. How vital do you boys think that it is to sign Jared Pollock? And uh, do you think he's going to sign on, or do you think he's going to go to that evil Kangaroos team in uh, Victoria in 2019, Cameron? Uh, well, actually, inter- interesting how you say um, his skills have been down. He's actually our second most effective um, disposal player per game this season. So um, he, he's obviously doing something okay. And he, he does tend to be under a bit of pressure when he gets it. He's also second overall in disposals per game for our side. I think he's extremely important to us long term. He's, uh, what is he's only about 25. Um, he gets a lot of the ball. I think he, he led the game yesterday in metres gained for us too. So he's an extremely hard worker. And you're right, there's, there have been periods where he's been off this season. But, you know, he's a very... When he's on, he's a very good running player, outside running player, can kick a goal. And he's got a good tank. And I think we're going to need him for the future now. I, I do wonder if there's a little bit of talking him up, like maybe from the manager or something like that, to sort of perhaps try and maximise his value to Port Adelaide. But I just get the feeling he'll probably stay. Bevo? Yeah, I'm with Cam. Hey, I think. Bevo, um... Are you looking up porn while we're talking? <laughs> Concentrate. <laughs> it's only an hour. No, I just I'm need just... your concentration for one hour. Uh, he, he said no very quickly there too. It makes me wonder how guilty he was. No, I'm sorry, I was letting you, I was letting young Cam have his, have his say and didn't want to interrupt him, mate. So all right, get off that porn site <laughs> until we're finished. All right. Uh. And I told you, I, I've already told you, I haven't found anything recently of Charlie in speedos. All right, so you just might as well let it go now. All right, you won't find it. I know you've been oh, looking. There's plenty of bokey in his underwear with his, his <laughs> new underwear line. Maybe that's where Bevo's been while while we've been chatting. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just trying not to interrupt you and letting you have your say, Cam. Bloody give us a break. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, go on, you... mate. The stage is yours. All right, thanks, mate. Um, no, I think he's a very important player and and he loves the club. And remembering that he came back to Port because he was homesick. I know Melbourne's a lot closer than Brisbane is, but I think if he loves the club, he might not get as much money here as what he will at the Kangaroos, but I think we're a lot closer to a premiership than the Roos are at the moment, so he'd be silly to leave, to be honest, and and I reckon, you know, with guys like Ollie and that signing on as well, um, I think he'll stay, and he's a very important player to us, and him and Charlie definitely proved yesterday how important they are to our structure and, and our premiership chances this year, boys. Oh, Absolutely. I think yeah, he's, vital. Sure. he's vital. He's vital for Port Adelaide. I mean, look, I'm usually not attached to players. Um, it's, uh, you know, and it's like, you want to stay or don't you, right? But, I mean, he's a vital cog in our machine. Uh, he He's a, a required player. But at the same time, I think history is littered with over-committing to players which then sacrifice the culture of your club. And uh, so everyone has to row the boat together and we can't have greedy. And look, let's face it, if if the rumours are true that, you know, Port's offering them four and six, and I think we might have even spoken about it last week, and North Melbourne's offering them five and seven, that's a massive differential for a player that came off nearly a career-ending foot injury. Um, You know, and you can't, he can't sort of begrudge him for considering or even taking an offer like that if he wanted to. Because, I mean, footy's a short-term game and we all, it, we all have a limited life cycle in it, except for us commentators because we just create our own radio, radio station so we can just keep going for as long as we want. But That's uh, right. You know, but for, for the players, not that we get paid though, but anyway, but that's a different story. <laughs> yes. But, yeah, so, look, I would be keen to see the club, as long as it's a realistic signing fee, 
sign him up and uh, yeah and I don't know I mean is Jared one of those players too perhaps that um, maybe needs to be on the edge and not have long-term deals you know some players work better off of shorter term contracts because they're on edge all the time well perhaps it, it, it is like he's um, the last couple of weeks he has certainly been playing to increase his value uh, I, I agree with some of the things you said before. I think if it, if it got to the point where it was just too much for us to offer, you'd let him go uh, because you could get something good back for it. But, um, yeah, I, look, maybe he does need to be a little bit more on the edge. And uh, I don't know. If, but, I mean, if, if you were him, you, you probably don't necessarily want to be. From our point of view, we're enjoying it. But, uh, you know, if you're a player, you, you probably don't always want to be. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you've hit the nail on the head, Cam. Uh, Ian's questioning, do the Crows not want Pollock anymore? I don't know. I'm sure the Crows will try and take whoever they can from Port Adelaide. That seems to be in vogue for them. And especially when they're struggling, it sort of gives them a little bit of a confidence boost. So, um, yeah. So, anyway, uh, enough about the Crows. We're not the Crows show. Let them worry about themselves. So... We've spoken about the rise of the Phoenix. We've spoken about the microwaves. We've spoken about Ballarat. We've spoken about Pollock. What about the importance of Tom Jonas and Paddy Ryder? Paddy Ryder only played 58% game time, so they're obviously nursing him back into the game. Uh, but I'm a bit worried. Are we too reliant on those two players? Our defensive unit, with the maturity of Tom Jonas, is a completely different side. And, and I mean, we've got a young defence, which we sort of spoke about or intimated just before. So, you know, the, the age of that defensive group and what they're putting up is fantastic. And Nathan Bassett should be applauded as well for that. Um, but at the same time, is Tommy J the man? And do we need to be worried if he isn't there come finals time, if we make finals? Oh, I mean, he's very important to us, but... In answer to your question, like we've still got the ability to to go all the way or you know go deep in September with the with the defence and and experience we've got in that side. We've still got Homsch there, you know. You've still got Cleary, who's played, who's becoming more of an experienced defender now compared to you guys like Leno and and Houston and they and these sort of blokes, DBJ. Um, so I think we're actually in a pretty good position. And yeah, obviously you don't want to lose Tommy, but if we do. Um, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. If we do, then yeah, I still think we've got the ability to to do all right with him there. And in terms of Paddy, another one who we don't want to lose, but again, if we if his Achilles or um, his hips no good, then we've got guys like Billy Franson and these sort of blokes that can now stand up or you know take over from Paddy. Actually, that's an interesting one as well, Rick. If if we do play finals and um, for example, like say Paddy or someone goes down, like obviously a touch wood that doesn't happen, but and and Billy's not playing for the Magpies because you know they're not going to play finals. Can he then come into the side? Yes, he can. Okay, yeah, of course, you can okay. get selected yep. up. There's just criteria yeah. about going down come finals time. Okay, yeah. that, that's good. That's good then. Yeah, I, I think with, with with Tom Jonas, yeah. Obviously, extremely important to our side. Probably, if we're looking at defenders, probably not as important to us as, say, uh, McGovern is to West Coast uh, or maybe Frawley to Richmond. Um, I mean, definitely important, but I think... Frawley? Hey, no, no, Richmond's defender. Uh, what's his... Yes. Frawley, Danny Frawley hasn't played for years, mate. Yeah, Danny no. Frawley. No. You mean Alex Rance or Backer Hawley? Alex Rance. So I was thinking Frawley at Hawthorne. I'm thinking defender. Jeez. Yeah, because Danny Frawley coach Richard. Anyway, regardless, <laughs> Rance, Rance to Richmond or McGovern to West Coast. We've, we do have a very good, we, we've got a good amount of depth in our back line, particularly when you look at uh, Dougal Howard and Homsch, and, and then as well guys like uh, Cleary uh, and these guys. So, uh, look, we do, I, I would obviously much rather have him, and I, he certainly adds a lot, but 
without him in finals, I think we could still get by. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And just another one, boys. Um, in terms of that, so it's been a long time since the Magpies have not played finals when the Power's been in the finals. So with the guys like, say, your Frampton and, and your Hewitts and Farrell and these other guys that aren't, don't actually play in the Power's main side, do they then train with the Power the whole, you know, what throughout the whole finals campaign just in case, say, we get an injury as well? What? Sorry, what was that last bit? Oh, so in other words, what I'm saying is like, do guys like, say, Billy, um, Hewitt and these sort of guys that are on the fringe, do they still train with the main group, even if the Magpies don't play finals, so that they're ready and up and ready to go just in case something happens? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Okay, Okay, cool. Yeah, obviously, obviously some I wouldn't, but these other blokes and stuff, yeah. Thanks no, that's word. right. The words of wisdom of Cam come through again. It's great that you're the elder statement of <laughs> our group, Cam. You're like, you're like Gandalf the Great of uh, our podcast. I <laughs> uh, do my best, mate. I can only do my best. <laughs> Although he's coming about, about, about forgetting, <laughs> mixing rants up with oh, Danny Frawley. Oh, rants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Danny Frawley's <laughs> coach and... And remember, I just interviewed. Um, I just, I just interviewed Darren Gasper on the weekend, who who played, you know, a couple hundred games for Richmond as a fullback. Hey, let let's not uh, joke around though. Danny Frawley was a fantastic defender. Loved him. Yeah. And with that, within that St Kilda side with uh, uh, Stuart Lowe and Tony Lockett, they were, and you know, Robert Harvey and Nicky Wimmer in the middle with Nathan Burke. It was a great side to watch. Shame they yep. uh, choked at 97 and uh, gave the pros <laughs> the joy. You know. Oh, yes. Yeah. So so unfortunate. <laughs> uh, the other big talking point from this week has been the skill of the female umpire. I can't, I'm can't. i referring to her as a female umpire because I don't can't remember her name. Eleni Gluftus. But every, all the Port supporters were talking how refreshing she was and how she just called the game and had a great feel for the game. And how the other umpires sucked, but she was fantastic. And so I guess we should just say well done to LOE um, for a great umpiring and non-biased performance. And I'm sure she'll be brought into AFL House tonight as we speak to probably be told that she can't umpire like that ever again (laughs) uh, because she hasn't followed the agenda. And, you know, a non-Victorian side receiving more free kicks in the state of Victoria is just completely unacceptable. Especially so, against the Bulldogs too, because their um, bandwagon <laughs> is falling to pieces. I don't know about you guys, but, but in 2016, uh, no, hang on, 2017, I'd never met more Bulldog supporters in my life. I, I didn't know I knew so many. And now <laughs> they've all just disappeared again. Even I had one of the guys yesterday asked him to give me some updates. Uh, you know, mad Bulldog supporter apparently asked him to give me some updates. He goes, Oh no, no, I don't care about that anymore. Yeah, that's not that's not a true supporter. God, many of them aren't, but uh, but no, good on her then. That, that's great, and um, well, let's hope we can get her again. Uh, perhaps perhaps that is perhaps that's what it's like, you know, a bit of um, you know someone sort of fresh and new coming into it, and um, not not a great deal of expectation, and she's she's done a good job. Yeah, she's she's a lovely girl at Elney. I've spoken to her before. So it's this is how to pronounce it, boys. It's Eleni, E L E N I, Gluftus. Gluftus. There you go. There you go. Makes Newenhoven sound pretty simplistic, really. It does. It does. <laughs> but I could almost spell Newenhoven. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you could. It's not that hard. Just a little bit, <laughs> bit of a tricky beginning. So, uh, any other talking points from the game against the Bulldogs? Or did you want to quickly, seeing you're not in the preview show, um, we've got a tough draw uh, coming up. Or have we? Mm. We've got the Crows, then West Coast, then Collingwood, and we finish with Essendon. Now, we know that Victorian teams are going to be severely overrated, um, which is great if you're a gambling man because there's always good value there for the right game. But uh, not that I condone gambling and always bet responsibly. But, um, you know, are you 
in the positive camp where we can win three or four of the remaining games or are you in the conservative camp where you feel like we might only win one or two games? And I, I think we're going to need to win probably three, if not four games to get top four, I would imagine. Yeah. The best, the best thing I love about the next four weeks is that if we want to play finals footy and, and finish top four, um, then we're going to have to do it against the best sides. And, you know, to win a grand final, you obviously have to beat the best sides. So I love, I love the fact we're playing against all these good sides and Kenny seems to embrace it too. So I don't think it's a bad thing. And there's nothing better than going into a finals campaign after a tough run against some quality opposition in finals-type situations like we've got the showdown this week and the next couple of weeks. So I say bring it on, boys. And if we're good enough, we'll win next three or four games. What do you guys think? All right. Um, nah, I, I hate the idea that we've got to play four really good sides over the next four weeks in the lead-up to the finals. But I... I would rather be going into this where we know we're, we're going to get a clear path to the top four. Then I'd be really comfortable. So right now I'm a bit on edge, but you're right. At the other end of it, it would be good. I think we'll win at least two games. Personally, I feel like um, Adelaide, West Coast and Essendon, we could almost, I'm, I'd be reasonably confident. Um I do think we could beat Collingwood, but but I think we're probably going to win two or three. Yeah, I reckon that's about fair. And Collingwood have got a lot of injuries at the moment as well, Cam, which yeah. helps our situation. Yeah, it does. And look, don't get me wrong. I think coming out the other end of it will be great for us. Um, I, I really think after... I mean, yeah, it, it's true. You'd, you'd rather come out having played a lot of good teams and good quality teams that, that you know, you're... You, you, possibly also going to meet in the finals. Um, but it, I don't like being on this end of it, <laughs> having to sort of contemplate what we've got to come up against over the next four weeks. I, I would rather we were playing Carlton and Bulldogs again or something like that. So um, team, teams have definitely got the cue in the rack. But look, like I say, I, I still think we'll come through and, and we'll be okay. Yeah, I we'll be all right. It's good to have conditioning leading up into finals. Uh, you know, otherwise yep. you get a false sense of security. Uh, I think Adelaide's a winnable game, and it will really show where we're at as a playing group. If we can't knock off Adelaide against their supporters, a bit like what Melbourne did on the weekend, well then, you know, we've really got a question: Are we good enough anyway? Um, you know, West Coast has dominated us over in Adelaide for, for since we've really been at Adelaide Oval, and I think it's time. Uh, time for that to stop. They, did, they didn't show up against North Melbourne. So again, if we're good enough, I don't think there's any excuses for us there either. Uh, I think West Coast are beatable. I think they're a great side and they're, they're clear second challenger to Richmond at the moment. Um, but I think they are gettable. Uh, Collingwood's the interesting one. I, I know a lot of Port supporters are enjoying sort of bagging out on Collingwood and saying they've only beaten one top eight side. Um, and they do have injuries, but they are still playing a good brand of football. Uh, but yeah, they, they do, took it up to Richmond. Yeah, they are. They do leak a few more goals though. They're they're about 150 points uh, behind us in the defensive stakes, so they can leak goals. But they are a high-scoring team as well. So, um, well, again, I think they're beatable. And who knows? Essendon might be out of the finals race by the time they come to us. I mean, that's the other talking point. AFL fixtures come out and uh, Port and Essendon will be playing round 23 on a Friday night. Um, you know, they could lose to Hawthorne this week and then they're going to be pushing shit uphill to make finals too. And so they might come, be coming over for finals with nothing to play for uh, in round 23. So well, I, yeah, who knows? I mean, Port Adelaide's only lost six. They've won 12. But sometimes it's been a real Jekyll and Hyde season and even some of our wins... Even though we've won, they haven't looked convincing. Um, so, you know, there's no real conviction, I can say. We could either win all four and we could potentially lose all four, depending on which Port Adelaide wants to show up. But I'm, I'd am i say I'm I'm optimistic for two, hopefully maybe three wins. Yeah. I, two, I, mate, I, yeah. Last, week, last week you were saying that we were not going to win any more games at all. Hey, well, I, <laughs> hey, I did say that we might not win any more games, but... You know, I, at least the, the Bulldogs' victory has given us a bit of a fill-up, and we looked a little bit different. 
We, we <laughs> like I said, we played Charlie deeper. We held structure by having Paddy Ryder, like playing a ruckman. I'm a little bit disappointed that we didn't play Frampton in Frio, or even against GWS. I'm not saying we would have beaten GWS with Frampton, but at least we would have held our structure better. Um, and yeah. I think we would have probably beaten Fremantle if uh, you know if we had Billy Frampton over there as a you know, we, we were one tall short and that really hurt us. But, I mean, how do we know that Ryder's going to get a hip injury in a game as well? So, uh, Yeah, that's know, right. But, uh, you know, we really sort of... We just need to bite the bullet. If we've got no Ryder, we have to play Frampton as the second row. Regardless if they think he's yeah. good enough or not, it, it's just... It's crazy putting Howard in there after an ACL um, and he's a great defender. And I think, you know, it's people like uh, Howard and... Uh, Darcy Byrne Jones and and Houston. I mean, he, Houston's showing a lot of maturity now. But Bonner, they really rely. Those younger kids are relying on Tom Jonas's expertise, um, you know. And so that's it, our defensive unit. So we've got to stop picking our forwards and defenders to be or prime midfielders, Ollie Wines, uh, to be backup ruckman and or main ruckman, and actually just play a spare ruckman if one, our main ruck's going to be injured. That's that's all I ask for for the rest of the season. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, they, they did show some... That that was actually some uh, a good sign that they were willing to at least name Frampton on the bench. Oh, sorry, as an emergency for the weekend. Uh, they kept him out of the Magpies game. It was, it was that touch and go. So at least they're starting to show something in Frampton. As I said, in his game for the Magpies the, the previous week, he, he did look like he, he was... He was sort of aiming for an AFL spot. And there has been certainly some improvement in him over the last two months, I thought. Yeah, no, totally agree with you, boys. Yep. All right, let's go to some big footy questions. Drum roll. After Aaron Francis proved he can make it in the big time on the weekend, did we make a mistake not taking a chance on him last season? And should he be on top of our list of targets come season end. I'm guessing that Bevo's going to say who's Aaron Francis and Cam's going to uh, liken him to uh, Scott Hodges. <laughs> no, no, I, I, actually know, I actually know who he is because he's from the Riverland before, originally, Greg. Uh, Greg. <laughs> hey, come on. I'm not as big as Greg Phillips in his heyday. Come on, go easy <laughs> We're Jeez. all getting names wrong tonight. There you go. That's what you do for late starts. Yeah, you exactly. Might wanna, you might want to watch your reality shows like the real full Monty and MasterChef and stuff. Oh, you, know, you don't want to know what Bevo was doing in front of the TV last yeah. night with a box of tissues and a packet of Tim Tams. Footy players getting naked. Come on. Watch your BT up there. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> Who are we talking about, Aaron? Aaron Francis. Francis. Did we miss? Oh, oh. Did we miss a trick? Uh, I guess the unrealistic thing was I think Essendon would make it very, very difficult for him to go, and I'm sure they'll make it difficult for him to go uh, this year if he wants to go. I think he was what, by memory, a number six draft pick, maybe a little right. bit higher. He's, yeah, he's played six games in three years or something. Um, I think. Yeah, he's had a lot of injuries. Yeah. So I'm not particularly concerned. Nah. Look, if he wants to come home and, and we don't have to give up too much for him, I'll take him. But Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. The take him on the cheap. But... Where are we going to use him, right? Um, yeah. Is he, is he coming over for a depth player? He's another 193-centimetre player. Um, you know, so it's Tom Jonas has still got four years in him and he's our general, as we just spoke about. Um, you know, you've got Tom Cleary, who's 23, 24, probably the same age as Aaron Francis, but more advanced. So Tom Cleary's not going to go out. Um, so therefore, uh, you know, we've got, then we've got Dougal Howard, who's what, only 21. Um, you know, so... Jared, Jared Leanett, he's 190-something uh, as well. Correct. So I just don't know if there's a fit. And up forward, you know, what are we going to do there? Like, um, you know, we've got Dixon, we've got Watts, we've got Marshall, we've got Westhoff. Westhoff's... <laughs> Man, the evergreen bunny, he's probably going to go to his 50 the way he's going. Um, <laughs> he's, he's got another five years in him. Yeah, so he's, <laughs> he's still going for a while. So unless we're going to be ruthless with, say, a West off and get rid of him, um, which sort of leads into the next question as well. I don't know what we can do with Francis because Ford Fairlane from Big Footy wanted to know 
to lice it or not to lice it? That is the question. And, uh, and that's what I was posing. Do you know who makes way for, for Scott Lysett to come in our side if Paddy Ryder isn't retiring and is going to continue on and play? Uh, because Scott Lysett's going to be our number two Ruckman. So, therefore, um, where does Lysett play if he's not in Ruck? Because he's going to be coming over for big coin. Um, and we've sort of spoken about recruiting a backup Ruckman before. Um, so, uh, you know, who makes way for Scott Lysett in the team? Are you, does it, do you drop? Jack Watts, you, you know, he just signed a four-year deal, so he doesn't have to go anywhere. Um, Tom Marshall's the next up-and-comer. What, are we just going to trade him out? Uh, or is it Justin Westhoff, you know? Do we get rid of Westhoff no. to bring in a player like Scott Trade, trade Pittard, Amon, and uh, Jimmy Tompas. There we go. <laughs> right. So, yeah, that, that, that'll help. <laughs> Not too many people who want him. Um, I, look, I, I can assure you too, though, I, I don't think Lysett's a factor. Um, he, he's certainly not leaving West Coast. Uh, and, and why would he? So it's, I don't even really think it's a question at, at the moment. Uh, I mean, I even have people come up to me want to talk about Lysett saying to me, oh, I hope you guys aren't looking to poach Lysett. Well, Lysett's not, he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he'd be silly. He'd be silly now, wouldn't he? After what happened with Nick Nat. Yeah, absolutely. He's, he's his value's just gone up, and he's going to be the number one ruckman for some time at West Coast. Now, I think he, you know, Nick Nat's probably never going to be quite the same. Um, Elias, it's got it pretty well made at the moment, and you know, they're, they're a good team that that's still got you know still quite well in that premiership window. He'd be he'd be mad to leave. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, he was only a short-term port boy as well. Us port supporters seem to have a, yeah. re- a romance with anyone that dons a, uh, a port Guernsey. I can't see him coming over. And as we've <laughs> said before, I'd, I'd probably tar- target more of a fringe player that could could probably tolerate yep. being in the reserves a little bit more. And uh, yeah, but at least Macker oh, look- actually Macker actually approved of the title of tonight's podcast, which is the first <laughs> time ever in the history. Um, he did. Which was Arctic Hell to a Heavenly Future. So um, I just need to throw that out there. Uh, one great I, club. I, one... I just actually, when I, when I saw that compliment, I actually thought it's not even that good. It's just a mishmash of words. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> there's actually there's actually some sort of uh, what's the word <laughs> resemblance of meaning in it. You know. Come on, I'm trying my best here. I'm... Stop picking on me. <laughs> Titles are not my hey, forte. You, I, I could hey, see Rick, what you, you were getting at, but it just it didn't work for me. But no, congratulations. <laughs> hey Rick, yeah. can you change it to um, Tom Jonas or Alex Frawley for as all Australian? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, correct. Here we go. So, um, so what about uh, we we had what happened at Dixon? We sort of spoke about Dicko, I'd imagine, and I think it really has come down to making him lead to the ball and. Uh, and uh, setting him deeper in the forward line. Is there anything else you guys want to add to what happened at Dicko? No, I'd just like to add, and Bevan's heard me say it too, this is the Dixon I was expecting earlier in the year. Uh, it's the, the Dixon, it's sort of how he looked in that uh, elimination final last year where he was ready to take it on. Um, this We're finally getting to see that Dixon again, finally. Yeah, it'll be the, the real test will be this week against the Cows because, um, as much as we all dislike them, they've got a good defence. Obviously, Daniel Tarley's a pretty good defender. So, um, if Dixon can kick a few goals on him, then we'll really know that he's on. So it'll be Dixon Jenner. So huh? what's that? Okay, so Charlie Dixon playing on Jenner Talia. Oh, oh, good one. And you you want to you want to have a go at my title? <laughs> well, you know the crows have put the cue in the rack if genitalia isn't playing this weekend. <laughs> so in the chat, yeah, thread, yeah good Ly- point. Lysed uh, created a bit of a topical um, interest that which went on for a fair bit of a spree, and then. Um, yeah, I saw that. Us against the rest have said latest news. Port Adelaide's re-signed the microwave for a further five years as a clause in the contract stating no ice baths. Could be a bit yes. of a zapping experience. Um, Ooh. And <laughs> J- 
Gremino Power, who's going to be creating another Port Fan Radio podcast in the coming weeks all the way from South America. Awesome. Weeks one to six were win, 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 loss, loss, win. Then week seven was our worst loss to West Coast. And then we've gone win, 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 loss, loss, win. So do we expect the pattern to change this weekend or are we going to repeat last season's away showdown? What should we do to beat the Crows? Would it be something we haven't done this season yet? And what can we do better than we did in our home showdown? Bevo. Uh, yeah, good question. Um, let's just not rely on Robbie Gray as much. <laughs> um, obviously, you know, those five goals in the third quarter turned the game for us and that was amazing. But, yeah, and we don't want it to go down to the wire like it did in the last game. Obviously, that was exciting and great we won. But, yeah, we want, I think how um, all of our hearts don't need that again. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be a ripping game of footy. I think... Wayne Miller is one of the dangers for them. He's playing some really good footy down back. So we might need DBJ maybe to sort of play a running role on him like he did with Joe Hannison. Uh, that's one. And Rory Laird is obviously one of their best players this year, probably going to win their best and fairest by a country mile. So we need to watch him. And he carved us up in the first half of last time's game. And I believe Wingard went on to him in the second half and kept him pretty quiet. So... I wonder whether Wingard or Ebert will go with with Laird as a bit of a run with role. What do you boys think with that one? Uh, look, regardless of individual matchups, I think our game's going to have to be very attacking, uh, long and direct this time. We, I don't think we can get away with a um, a short defensive game and trying to save a match. We're going to have to be quite, like I so said, we're going to have to be quite long about it. We're going to have to run a lot because. Um, we've got these players who can do that. Now, as you say, they do have quite a good defence. They also have a good midfield as well. But I think ours is better. And I think where we can really take them is with our defenders. Uh, they've got, you know, they've got some good players down there, obviously, Benson Walker and that sort of thing. But we, we've certainly got um, the players to match them there. And I, I think, um, provided we can give that run and we can be long and direct, we're, we're going to be a much better chance. I and think Jacobs has sort of been struggling a bit, hasn't he, as well? So that's probably somewhere we might be able to get on top with, with the rucks. If Ryder can get on top of Jacobs, that's a big one. Well, I think it's the battle of the two injured Rutman at the moment. Jacobs' first quarter really nullified um, Gorn and gave the Crows the midfield advantage. But then after quarter time, Melbourne got right on top, sort of like what they did with Port Adelaide. But... Um, Adelaide just didn't have the defensive prowess that Port had. But I think what's killed us in the past is um, Adelaide's plus one at the stoppage with us trying to play that extra one in defence. Um, they've always been able to get that. The, when they Jacobs wins the ball to their advantage, they, they're able to funnel the ball out and then they chip it. They just chip it out of the pack, you know, on an angle, that 20-minute pass, and then that opens up through the zone and that sort of... Um, that sort of busted us open in recent times. So I'd really like us to uh, to, to play man-on-man man around the stoppage and uh, and really hope Ryder can uh, get on top of Jacobs this week. Um, the, as every game is important, the midfield battle will be vitally important here and, uh, and that will allow us to win the ball on our terms and, and get it in. And as you said, fast ball movement will be the key. I think that's probably been our problem. We've been defensive beasts, but our ball movement's been a bit slow allowing teams to get back behind our ball, our forward line quite quickly, which has made scoring difficult. I think um, I think McGovern's in doubt as well, which is a, definitely a bonus for us because he's a star. <laughs> yeah. What about Eddie Betts? I know he's out of form at the moment, but he always seems to play well against Port Adelaide. Is, have we, do you think we've found a match-up for Eddie? I missed the first game in America, so I didn't get to see all of it. Um, have, we, have we conquered that beast, or can you see Eddie Betts maybe popping up and causing trouble? Yeah, because Tommy Jonas was on him last time, wasn't he? And, and Jonas did a fantastic job. I think he kept him to only a couple of goals, Cam, from memory. Um, I'll tell you what, the, the only goal really I can remember from that game is Stephen Motlop's. So, um, <laughs> good, good point. I mean, you, 
what? You sure we had Jonas on him? I reckon so. Yep. Okay. Um, I, I don't know. I, I'd be thinking someone a bit smaller who's uh, possibly. Even, I mean, I know we've been using DBJ down the other end a little bit too. And, and I agree with your your thoughts on him on uh, Malira. Um, I don't know. I, I, I don't think Jonas would be the one, though. Jeez. Yeah, I think he's been our go-to guy in the past because our other small defenders haven't been up to it. Eddie's given Jasper a bath on numerous occasions. Um, I reckon he's also given um, the names lost me now. Darwin Impey? He's given him no. He's given Impey a bath. He's given he he's worked Cleary over as well. Um, and Darcy Byrne Jones, yeah. I don't think, has had a great history against it, which is surprising because Darcy can be a bit of a lockdown player. So um, yeah, I just yeah, he, he is a bit of a troublesome one. I think it'd be a waste though. Um, yeah, I think Taylor Walker's okay. You know, I'd you'd be the, either the Hompshaw or um, Howard type of Taylor's running out of centre half. Well, I guess or Howard will probably have to go to Jenkins for the height, I would imagine, but. Um, you think our tall options? We should be able to cover off their tall options. Yeah, Howell, that's that's what okay, I'm. Th- boys? Sorry, sorry, Ken. Is Howard no, going to yeah. be okay? <laughs> <laughs> sorry, but I'll still talk anyway. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? I'm picking on yeah, you today, I... Bevo. You, you can put me in your place if you want to. What, what, what was that, mate? Sorry. I said I'm picking <laughs> on you tonight, Bevo. You can put me in my place if you want to. Um, no, no, no. That's that's fine. That's fine. I don't know. I think Howard's an assess. I think he's got. He did a cut. He was out with a hand injury, but his form hasn't been that great in the lead up. And I don't know if it was the absence of Tom Jonas that was the effect, but yeah, that that has been a problem for us. Right here we go. Eddie Betts kicked three in the last one, and Tex kicked two. So. Um, so matchups, uh, we ended up winning. So the matchups can't have been too bad. Mm. Um, yeah, I can't remember who was. I, I remember with that game, I was going in and out of it, watching it because I was getting really frustrated. Yeah, first half was shocking. Yeah, yeah, it was killing me. Yeah. All I remember is the last quarter because I was in Florida at some stupid time. Yeah. But, uh, boys, we've gone over, except for the if we don't include the 10, hour, uh, the 10 minutes where I just spoke and everyone loved me and you guys didn't say anything. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. uh, all right, seeing you, you're not on for Thursday, what is, your, what is your tip, boys? I'll get it in early. The big showdown. Um, who's going to win? Bevo, Port or Crows? How much? What's your tip? Port by two goals. Port by two goals. Yep. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll say Port by 21 points. Really? Ooh. I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I think the power are going to blow the game open because the Crows are going to be pushing and chasing for a win. And I think it's going to be power by 47 points in the end. Oh, and they're going to be making their just... mark. Everyone's going to be talking oh. about them come finals. That, that listen to, listen to him. Listen to him. Last week he was saying we're going to win a game again. Now he's changed his play tune, hasn't he? Shut up, Bevo. <laughs> See my rights to change my tune. Hey, I got pulled up by it, buddy Ken Oak <laughs> for being too negative. So I'm trying to be a little bit positive. <laughs> Talking about bloody bandwagon, huh? I'm on the bandwagon. <laughs> Too right. <laughs> Actually, I do just want to say, yes, I like Ian's call. Maybe Houston. Maybe Houston. Yeah, Houston's been pretty rock solid this year. I, I know people yeah. have got stuck into him here and there, but I think he's been, outside of Jonas, he's probably been our second most consistent defender. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan I of love Dan. Houston. Yeah. yeah, he hardly hardly misses a target. His skills are sensational. Yeah, well, we could yeah. start. We can continue this Port Love Fest for another two hours. Uh, you know, so we'll continue on with our night. 
mine's going to be going to bed and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up and reconvene next Monday. There won't be any MasterChef. So uh, I think The Bachelor's starting, so we might lose Bevo, Cam, and it might just be you and me. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, fair, hey, Cam. Fair enough. Yeah. Cam, I reckon, Rick, I reckon Rick's got house rules taped the final of that, so he's going to go and watch that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon? Oh, <laughs> you guys are so yeah. funny. I do like yeah, jo- Joanna Griggs. Yeah, your reality though. shows. Oh, jeez. Actually, uh, there's only two. There's two reality shows I like, and one's um, one's MasterChef, and the other one is um, the Blind Australia's Blind Dates because I think that's pretty funny. That is oh, good. First dates. Look, yeah, that's I, I did get yeah. into Married at First Sight over summer. Um, <laughs> got right into it. What's happened I with Tracy and Dean? Oh, oh they're dude. long gone. Long gone. The Perth couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they, they're, uh, well, she was anyway. She she was predominantly, and uh, yeah, haven't heard so much from her lately, so um, that, that's that been good. Isn't that the oh, motto yeah. that, that you live by, Cam? Hit it and quit it? Hit it, hit it. <laughs> I get around the house saying that sometimes just for a laugh. It, it drives the family crazy. <laughs> her, her, lips are, her lips are probably still glued together, boys, from all the plastic surgery she's had. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe uh, I can go on and get a tummy tuck. Is that what you're saying? This is, this is Port Fan Radio. That's right. It is all good. All right, my friends, you have a great night and enjoy the footy this weekend. Hope all the teams win that we want to win. That's going to be in Port's favour, and we'll see you on Monday night. Absolutely. You too, you too. Adios, boys. On you, fellas. See you, lads. See ya. Boys, though, both threatening with every passing minute. Back to full forward. Off hands. Brown needed to trap it. Couldn't quite. Hassled out of it. Port Adelaide getting numbers. Wingard. No way. Staggering. 